0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted Social Distancing Style from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz, coming to you from our humble abodes. And Wes, late last week, we heard from quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He spoke publicly on a conference call with Wisconsin Media for the first time since the Packers drafted Jordan Love and changed the whole dynamic at quarterback and all of the speculation about Aaron Rodgers' future and the Packers' future was thrown up in the air. What was your initial reaction to what the quarterback had to say?
1: Well, first and foremost, uh, I, I did a radio interview uh, with Jason Wildy right afterwards, uh, and the thing I told him was that I felt like Rodgers hit it out of the park. I thought he hit all of the notes he needed to hit. Aaron Rodgers obviously knows he has to be accepting of Jordan Love because as he said Jordan Love didn't ask to come to Green Bay. He didn't ask to be drafted. And as I wrote in Insider Inbox on Saturday, all the young man is asking for is an opportunity to learn and he has that now with Aaron Rodgers. This is an ego game. I get it. There are there are big personalities. There are you know when you're playing at this level And there's this amount of athleticism and elite competition. It only makes sense that there's going to be chips on shoulders and, you know, you feel wrong. Do you feel righted, whatever? But the thing is, is that Aaron Rodgers is still very much the man. Matt LaFleur speaking after Aaron Rodgers talked about how much they need him right now. If they're going to be able to win the championships, they feel like this team can still achieve. But at the same time, I thought it was important that Rodgers also pointed out that his goals have not changed he still wants to play into his 40s. He still believes as long as his level of play and his health is where it needs to be that he can be one of the top quarterbacks in this league. And he's looking forward to having the opportunity to prove that. What happens in these next four or five years, certainly they're going to have huge implications for the future of the franchise, whether it's Rodgers, Love, or anyone else who's going to be quarterback of this team going into the next decade. But the fact remains that right now, it's Aaron Rodgers and it's Jordan Love, and they need those two pieces to work together if they're going to be able to get this team in the immediate to where it needs to go.
0: Yeah. The the main things that I took out of what he said, I mean, one, I think he's very excited and very fired up about the 2020 Packers and where this team can go. He knows where he is in Matt Lafleur's system coming off of the first year, moving into the second year. He did mention he has a lot of confidence in the receivers. I'm sure he would have liked to have seen another high draft pick brought in at receiver. I mean, a lot of people did, but okay, it didn't happen. He's going to work with what he has. He's excited about Devin Funchess, the free agent signing. In terms of Rogers' own long-term future, plain and simple, I thought he was just being a realist. He understands the situation and I thought he laid out in in very clear terms that he just feels the main thing is he's lost whatever control he might have had over his desire, his, his very long-stated desire to start and finish his career with the Green Bay Packers. That's not really entirely in his hands anymore. I think what went unsaid a little bit is that He, as he has openly said many times, he plans to play into his 40s. He'd like to play his entire career with one team. I think because of what Brett Favre went through and Aaron Rodgers was right in the middle of that, I think Rodgers was trying to keep as much control of that narrative as he could by being open about his plans and how long he intends to play and how long he wants to play because he saw Favre going back and forth on retirement and that very much played into the Packers decision to draft Rodgers in the first place. So yeah yeah, so he lost some of that control um, in what happened here but okay it's like all right I'll get over it and it's time to move on with the team. And right now the focus is the 2020 Packers. He's not as much focused on his long-term future anymore because that much more of it is out of his hands.
1: Yeah. And I think that was an important point you raised there. When you look at the long-term outlook and where he's been, he has, it is one of the reasons why I said all along, I thought the Packers would wait, you know, with the quarterback situation because it is yeah, an apples too. to apples as far as Rodgers and Favre at the same time, I think the game is changing a little bit. I think you're going to start seeing more teams being, you know, down with the idea that we might take a quarterback in the first round. We might take one in the top 10, but we got to let this young man develop. He can't just be a week one starter. We can't expect him to be a week one starter. And it goes back to you look at what's happening with Tua right now with Miami. I don't think the dolphins have any plan you know, if everything stays healthy with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they want to give him the year to be able to develop the green Bay Packers are going to want to give Jordan love time to develop because as much as sometimes that sink or swim mentality, it does pay off. Sometimes it doesn't. And then you start looking at guys, you know, obviously the last few years, there's been some good examples of it where if you would have just given this young man a little bit more time, Could you have gotten a different quarterback in the long run? I think that's something that needs to be considered. And then the other thing, too, uh, you mentioned talking about the receivers. When I said Rodgers hit it out of the park, it goes along with what he said about this year's roster as well. He still feels like this is a team that can compete for championships in 2020. You you look at Alan Lazard. He talked about this guy being an up-and-coming playmaker in this league. He made it a point. Honestly, Mike, I felt like probably the most salient point he made in the entire news conference, 40 minutes long, was saying that he has all the confidence in the world in Marcos Valdez-Scantling. The Packers need to get MVS back to where he was playing in yeah. 2018 when he had that confidence, that swagger, because the, he's a home run threat that you weren't going to be able to just find in the draft. I mean, guys that run a 4.37 and have that downfield ability, they just aren't just sitting out there waiting to be taken. You need to be able to develop that. You, those guys need to have those natural traits. EQ, St. Brown, you can go on and on. Obviously, uh, Mr. Consistency, Jake will probably just needing a few more opportunities to show what he can do. And then you, you throw in the running backs and the tight ends. The Packers do have weapons. I, I thought there was a point on Twitter I saw a couple days ago. You know, this isn't like this is like a, the Jake Paul, a Plummer Cardinals where it's just there's no weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, the list goes on and on of guys that they can move the football with. But making sure that those young guys on this roster understand that there's a huge opportunity for you guys to be able to not only grab roles, but really become stars in this league with the quarterback that the Packers have if you can grab that brass ring.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one other point I want to make before we move on, just with regard to Rodgers acknowledging he's lost a little bit of maybe the control of his long-term future. He was not looking for any sympathy or anything like that in in terms of those thoughts. He's Very well aware that, you know, Joe Montana and now Tom Brady and other, you know, Peyton Manning, other quarterbacks like that, Hall of Famers did not play their entire careers with one team. So he knows that if this does happen down the road and he moves on from the Packers, but he he still wants to play and the Packers have decided to turn the reins over to Jordan Love whenever that might be, he knows he's not going to be the first. So He's not looking for any sympathy in that regard. He's simply acknowledging that it's that much more of a reality now because of the decision the Packers made.
1: Well, and the thing I said, and it was 2014, and I I made this point on Unscripted, I've certainly made it an inbox before, but it was 2014 that proved to me that Aaron Rodgers, barring any type of injury, is going to be able to play into his 40s because of how he evolved into a pocket passer when he did have the calf injury and he wasn't able to extend plays the way he did in the past. I thought that was a bright spot for his future in this league and his ability to play into his late thirties and into his forties. The thing we have to acknowledge and understand, because there's some people that pointed out too, well, it's no certainty if you take a quarterback in the first round, if they're going to develop into a pro bowl or an all pro, but that's every position. It isn't just exclusive to quarterback. Packers could have taken anybody at 26. They could have taken anybody at 30, it doesn't necessarily mean that that guy was going to become the be-all, end-all in this offense or defense. So for the Packers, what you have to do if you're Brian Gutekunst, you have to trust your eye. You have to be like, okay, I like what I see on film with Jordan Love. This guy is the best prospect for us where we're drafting. We're going to take that route with the understanding that Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback. Aaron Rodgers could be the quarterback for the next six years. We don't know. Jordan Love is an investment in the future. He's an investment in the present and more than anything else for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' tenure as a starting quarterback, the Packers have a bona fide and credential first round draft pick behind him. Now Uh, that's the most decorated backup they've had since a guy named Aaron Rodgers. all things that you have to consider.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and talk about, I, what I think is going to be a great situation for Jordan Love to be walking into. Well, Um, Moving on to, excuse me, we've been continuing to post some follow-up stories on the Packers draft picks, catching up with their college coaches and other contacts in their past. You have a story that is now up on our website on uh, the seventh round selection, the first of the two seventh round selections. That's TCU safety Vernon Scott. So I will toss you the question that I threw at you last week. What was your favorite uh, little story, little anecdote that you heard when uh, you were looking into Mr. Scott's past?
1: So I had a chance to talk with Paul Gonzalez uh, from TCU, the safeties coach, but he also is the guy that recruited uh, Vernon Scott to TCU out of high school. His high school is about a half an hour away from campus. So this was kind of a no brainer for them. He was mostly a basketball player. That was his first sport came to football late. Really. It wasn't until his senior year that he dedicated him, not really dedicated himself, but established himself as, okay, I'm going to be a college football player. That's where my future lies. When he was in high school, they used him strictly as basically a shutdown cornerback. They tried that when he got to TCU, but they determined that his best option as far as playing on defense is going to be if he moves to safety. This guy, first and foremost, was a tremendous special teams player, Mike. From a defensive perspective, he probably could have redshirted his first year on campus, but as Gonzalez said, we needed him on special teams. He played basically the core four units from day one. But the problem was with some of the depth that they had in the in the secondary, and also the fact of just his own personal development as a young guy adjusting to playing defensive back. It took time for him to get into the lineup. But the thing you understand with Vernon Scott is how beloved this guy is. He was one of the most popular guys in TCU's locker room. Just an absolute try hard, put everything into what he did. And he happens to be six foot two and about two hundred and five pounds. This is a big safety that can do a lot of things for you. A couple different moments stepped out, uh, jumped out to, to Gonzalez. Certainly, you look at the, the play sheet. It's that game against Oklahoma, the 98-yard interception return for a touchdown. But it was the little things along the way, just seeing those small victories for him. This is a guy that never complained about playing time. He never tried to transfer because he wasn't on defense. He just followed the process, trusted it, and then it ended up leading to him having a starting full-fledged you know, fledged job his senior year moved a little bit between strong and free safety, ended up finishing at strong. And that's the position Gonzalez feels that's really going to be where his future lies in this league and in what his base starting point will be in addition to his efforts on special teams.
0: Yeah. I can't even imagine how much fun it would be to intercept a pass and return at 98 yards for a touchdown, especially against Oklahoma in Norman. when you play at when in Norman, when you play at TCU yeah. in Fort Worth. So that. Uh, that had to be quite a thrill for that young man. Well, I've posted a story on the Packers' other seventh-round pick, edge rusher Jonathan Garvin from Miami, six foot four, two hundred fifty-seven pounds, I believe. The really interesting thing with him, I talked with Manny Diaz, who's now the head coach with the Miami Hurricanes. Um, he rose to that position last year. The previous two years, he was Miami's defensive coordinator. So he was there for all and very much involved in Garvin's three-year career with Miami. And the thing that Manny Diaz kept saying, he kept using the word upside. And I know that that's that's an overused word. It's a common word that's used with draft picks. But here's the thing, Wes. Jonathan Garvin arrived at Miami as a 17 year old. He's now entering the NFL as a 20 year old. He still had a year left. This is this is a young man who still has so much in front of him that there's no telling exactly where the ceiling is. And I think that's why the Packers invested the last of their nine draft picks at the end of the seventh round in this young man. Diaz talked specifically about Garvin's freshman year. Now, as a true freshman, you know, 17-year-old just, tur- just turning 18 at the time, he was getting playing time on defense as a true freshman for Diaz, and there was a three-game stretch of that freshman year. And this is in the meat of Miami's schedule, not the early season non-conference pushovers, but in the meat of their schedule. He had a three-game stretch where he had a block punt, he had a strip sack, and then he had a strip sack the following week. And he actually recovered the fumbles on both of the, the strip sacks himself. He just started to show up very, very early in his career with this playmaking potential. And that's the that's the kind of thing that the Packers are latching onto here with this late round draft pick to just see how high does this, does this ceiling go. His best year at Miami, his sophomore year, 2018, he had 17, 17 and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. The sacks stayed about the same his junior year, his third season with five. The tackles for loss dropped and his overall tackle total dropped. So... Another example of how development isn't always linear. Things don't always go in a straight line. But the potential, is, the potential is there. And yes, he entered the draft early. He waited all the way until the seventh round to get picked. That would certainly indicate another year in college might have helped his game. But he made the decision that he wanted to make. And, uh, and the Packers are going to see what exactly they can tap into as this young man starts his pro career.
1: Yeah. And and to Garvin's credit too, I mean, he, he didn't want to go into specifics and we did talk about this a little bit, but you know, there were family, there were personal considerations in mind when he did make that decision to go out. The thing that I keep coming back to though, Mike, is that 2018 season, because as you said, that was kind of his breakout year, his tackles for loss were through the roof, uh, a lot of pressures and certainly trying to develop now as, as a finisher with the sacks, but he did that at 19 years old. And this is a guy that won't turn 21 until July. Uh, We didn't have access to Mike Smith yet, the Packers outside linebackers coach. You know, frankly, I don't know when that's going to happen just based (laughs) on this whole COVID deal. But I wish I could have been, from a socially acceptable distance, I wish I could have been in that room with him when they drafted Garvin. Because you have to imagine with how excited he was last year when the Packers claimed Tim Williams, he has to turn on the film of Garvin and be really energized by what he sees with this young man. And the beautiful thing about it, much like the whole Jordan Love deal with Aaron Rodgers, although certainly the pedigrees are a little bit different. You're talking about a first-rounder versus a seventh-rounder. But this is a guy that isn't going to have to come in and just be a stud. He played right off the bat at Miami. He probably is not going to have to do that in Green Bay. He's going to have time to develop. You have Preston Smith. You have Zedarius Smith. In Rashawn Gary, who was the 12th overall pick last year. That is going to be the meat and potatoes right now of this Packers pass rush. But you put a young man like that in that room, Tim Williams is still here. There's a huge opportunity for someone to grab onto that last, you know, fourth spot or fifth spot, however they do it. But typically you end up at least having four, that spot that Tyler Fackrell vacated. Right. You know, also with Randy Ramsey coming back on the practice squad after a full year. I like that competition that's brewing. And certainly there are a lot of unknowns with Garvin. He needs to be able to show the strides to be able to make that move to be in a stand-up outside rusher. But that being said, as a seventh-round pick, Mike, this is what you look for. You look for flyers, and Garvin certainly has a lot of upside and ceiling uh, that he looks to fulfill now in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Wes, you told us before we turned the cameras on you have been having some internet trouble, and we've gotten this far without any issues. So I think we're gonna call it a wrap Not on this press edition our luck. Packers Unscripted. <laughs> exactly. Let's just uh, let's get out of here and uh, and call it a show. So thank you for tuning in, everybody. For Wes, I am Mike. Stay safe, and we will see you next time.